Today's Bible reading is um, it's titled Imitating Christ's Humility. So it's Philippians 2 verses 1 to 11. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearances as a man he humbled himself, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning everybody. Welcome and it's good to be back in the house of the Lord and good to be able to have God's word before us. Thank you for the reading. Join with me as we pray and ask the Lord to add his blessing on the word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you've come from heaven to earth in the form of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ He is known as the Word, the Living Word The way of truth, life and hope for the future Lord God, here we are this morning Again with your Word before us And we just ask Jesus that you would present yourself In such a way that we would know That we've met with the Lord this morning Help us to understand Heavenly Father What it is to be like Jesus We know we all failed at certain points In our walk with the Lord Lord, we want you to again just renew us in hope and in faith and in love and believe, Heavenly Father, that with you all things are possible. We bless you for this time and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Philippians chapter 2, those first 11 verses, are something that we probably ask the question on occasions perhaps is, um, what's it like to have an attitude just like Jesus? That verse that comes up here, in verse 5 your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus that doesn't sound too easy does it because when we sort of look at the work that Jesus did we sort of think how could we possibly ever live just like Jesus did but attitude we don't have to do everything like Jesus did but the way we do it that's the story I I believe you know for those who's actually flown an aeroplane before learned how to fly with instruments is there anyone amongst us so if I tell this story I'm not going to get too many people sort of saying, not on. Here's my story. When you learn to fly an aeroplane, you've got all these dials and instruments before you. There's one, of course, that tells you about your altitude. Yeah, when you get down to zero, it, it's a bump. So you don't want to go that low. But there's another dial. It's called the attitude indicator. Who would have thought? An attitude indicator for a pilot. 
So here's the story. Wings out, bar on the screen there, on your little dial. When the wings are out, you're in a good attitude. You go slightly over, five degrees, wrong attitude. Either which way, it's going to tell you about your position. It's all about attitude. Of course, what it does this way and that way, it also does this way and that way. So if you start off being grumpy in the morning, you have got a bad attitude and you need to come up onto the horizon again. Imagine walking around with one of these things in front of your face every day and every time you sort of went slightly over, wrong attitude, beep, 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 you know, things will start warning bells and you'd sort of quickly get your wings back on the straight and narrow and you'd learn to live again in the right attitude because as soon as you start going either up or down or left or right, you will know the difference. How will you know this difference? Well, Jesus gave us a perfect example to follow Yes, he set a high standard. Yes, but not to frustrate us. No, that was never the intention. The intention basically is to reveal areas in our lives that need a new sense of humility perhaps, a new sense of purpose and love, but he's showing us what it's like to live a life of purpose and to live a life in such a way that your attitude will be right. There's always, always room for improvement, everybody. We don't always start the day going, hooray, but sometimes we should finish the day going, saying, yes, Lord, thank you for having kept me stable. So Jesus' attitude, of course, was one of those things. He started his day with God in the presence of the Lord, and I believe he probably finished each day in the presence of his Father. And that sort of determined his attitude through his day. So what would it be like to live a life and think and act like Jesus? Keep calm and think. There's your operational word. What would Jesus do? And this is what happens in attitudes, isn't it? The moment something happens and we just don't know how we should react, we sort of either go to one extreme or to another extreme or we dive bomb or do something horrible. Keep calm and think, what would Jesus do? We as men gathered together yesterday for a breakfast. For those men who came along, thank you for making it all happen. You know without you it would not be possible for the ladies who let the men come for breakfast, thank you as well, because without you it would not have been possible. We understand that men have to make certain protocols. You know, honey, I'm going off for breakfast. What, again? Yeah, you're right. It does happen every month. And some ladies don't even get taken out for breakfast that often. So it's a sad story, but it's true. But what happened yesterday? A young guy, no, young, all right, younger than me. He's in his 50s. David Ashford was our speaker. He came along and he told us about two very serious car crashes in his life that could have taken his life out and the consequences of those car crashes and his health thereafter. But he came, I believe, with the right attitude. As a matter of fact, he came and even gave us a few jokes. And for a guy who's suffering, it was a good thing to see. But he also came wearing a T-shirt and on it it had the shape of a cross under new management. God's not finished with us yet. So do not feel as though that you're not quite doing the things that Jesus would do. But as long as you keep walking and talking with the God and asking, am I even? Am I even? Am I doing all right, God? God will show you what your attitude indicator looks like. Just keep asking the question, is this the way Jesus would have handled it? What would Jesus do? Always a good question to ask. So what is this thing called attitude? We've all got it. Yeah, I can see it on your faces. Attitude. Look at you, looking at me, saying, what is attitude? 
Okay, here's something. Attitude. Its roots are inward, but its fruit is outward. What's going on in there comes out here. It's also more honest and more consistent than our words. Yes, we can say all kinds of nice things, but do we mean them? Are they coming from a right attitude? I can tell you all kinds of nice things about you, but if I don't mean it, wrong attitude. Going wrong way. And it, here's the other part I think was quite, quite useful to know. It either draws people to us or repels them from us. I don't know about you, but if I come and shake you by the hand and I can see thundercloud in front of you, do I now think I'm going to want to continue this conversation? You're either drawing people or you're repelling people. That is attitude. It's all coming from within somewhere there. So it reads here in God's word again that this whole attitude was what is the thing that brought Jesus into our midst and the thing that actually attracted people to him. What are the words here? Love, fellowship, tenderness, compassion. If you read in the first few verses here of Philippians chapter 2, if you've got any comfort from his love, any fellowship with the Spirit, any tenderness and compassion, be like-minded. doesn't take a lot, you know. Bit of love, bit of understanding, bit of compassion, bit of fellowship. Not rocket science, as they say. So, Jesus was one of those who drew people to himself wherever he went. What was this attraction? Why were people just flocking everywhere that Jesus went? They all wanted to be a part of that journey with him as well. And you know, when we look at it, the one thing that was, Jesus had all the abilities. Yes. What is it that you're capable of doing? Everybody's capable of something. That could be an attraction. Jesus was also very motivated. Yes. It determines what you do. And he wanted to give glory to his Father. But here's the thing. Attitude determines how well you do it. Attitude determines how well you do it. So you can have all the abilities and all the motivation in the world, but it's how well you do it, how God has enabled you to do it. That's the difference here. Well, I believe it was his attitude that determined how well he lived life. Quite simple. And I'll go on to show a few illustrations just now as well. But we are responsible for our view of life. All right? We can see Jesus as the example but our attitudes and our actions towards life, that's the thing that determines how is the things going to happen in our life. The things that happen in our life are often the result of our attitude towards life. You think of it. It sort of says in a way that you know, if you sort of think it's going to happen, you're probably right it will. And there you go down this track of thinking, oh, whoa, it's never going to work out right. And your attitude will certainly come out as you engage with people. It's going to happen. And so here it is. We have the situation, which one are we going to be? What sort of attitude? Are we going to look after ourselves or are we going to look after others? So many people out there thinking, I'm fine, pity about everybody else out there. Now it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. We are not alone. We are part of the body of Christ. We are here because the God has placed us in a certain position, given us certain abilities, given us certain motivations but given us an attitude towards others that says, yes, it's good to be together. It's good to affirm. It's good to share. And it's good to serve. Those are attitudes. 
And when people come walking through that door, if they sort of see these attitudes coming through, that sort of says, I'm affirming you, thank you for being here, and I'd love to find out a bit more about you and share life with you. And then, is there anything I can do for you? Serving you in any way? They'll come back. Well, if they don't, they're missing something. Because here you are, presenting Jesus Christ in a way that will certainly be an appealing thing. It's all in the attitude. Now, by this stage, you probably have realized that it doesn't come naturally. And Paul was going on to say here in Philippians in chapter 2, verse 3, he says, Do nothing out of selfish, selfish ambitions. Make sure that when you're serving and affirming and sharing, just watch your heart. What are you doing it for? Who are you doing it for? It's not for yourself. It's for others. Yes. Always look for the interest of others. Now, attitude. So there's some people, of course, who will sort of look at life and sort of say, well, I've only got a half a glass full. And there'll be others, of course, who say, hey, I've got a half glass full. And which is the one you want to go for a glass full? And there's the person who's sort of the half empty one or the one who says, hey, look what I've got. I've got half a glass of water here. It's which one are we? We can, we can decide. Everybody's got that right. Everybody can make a decision. What are they going to view life like? What are they going to offer people as well? Remember the story of the 5,000, the feeding of 5,000. Jesus says, come on, guys, let's feed them. And others say, send them away, send them away, too hard basket. Wrong attitude. Jesus looked at 5,000 and said, here's an opportunity. Let God be glorified. Some said, too big, too hard basket, send them away. Now, was that a real sharing aspect, a right attitude? I don't think so. And even when they did find the five loaves and the two fish, there's Andrew saying, we found this, but it's not going to go around very far, is it now? Logical. Get rid of the logic. Wrong attitude again. Sorry, Andrew, you didn't pass that one very well. The attitude should have been, look, I've got five loaves, and look, here's a bonus, two fish. Wow, are we going to feed this lot? Uh, yeah, we wish that's the way it was recorded in the Word, but I think eventually Andrew would have figured it out. And God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. He'll make things happen there as well. So that's Jesus living a life of purpose, and he's basically showing his disciples this is the right attitude. When you see something like this, don't sort of look at the negative and think, I've only got half a glass full. Look at the positive and say, well, at least I've got some water here. Let's see how far it'll go. That's God's asking Keep the right attitude, keep stable, keep together there. So Jesus was a person living amongst us, and his attitude was something where he was selfless. He gave to others everything, and he was very secure in himself when he gave. And that's part of, I think, being a follower of Christ, being very secure, being very selfless as well. And it says here something about Jesus that he was in the very nature of God. But he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. It wasn't something that Jesus was saying here, because my Father is God in heaven, I should be just like him and everything should go my way the moment I say it. Somehow that relationship was quite different and I think it sort of helps us as well to understand that even Jesus had the opportunity, as it were, to consider, well, we're one of the Father and me, but it wasn't something that he sort of said, well, because it is, that's my prerogative and that'll be something that I can sort of take out and say, look here, I'm God. 
He, sa- he gave him so many illustrations. He, he told the people, this is God amongst you, but somehow that was kept from them and probably in a good way as well. He was very secure. He was very selfless. And equality, well, he didn't consider that something to be grasped. This word equality, we probably ask the question, so is it wrong to feel in that way? And probably not, but it's a great attitude to have that everybody is equal. That should be a very much a thing. From people in South Africa who have been to the Apartheid Museum, they will go in Johannesburg and they'll see the seven columns outside this museum. And one of the columns that indicate the Constitution says democracy, yes. Reconciliation, yes. Diversity, yes. Responsibility, respect, freedom and equality coming from South Africa, that was very important. Everybody's on the same playing field. Equality. And that's a good thing. In God's eyes, we're all one. Keep that attitude going. There's no good, no bad, no indifferent. It's actually interesting. So my son, Mike, a while ago, said, I'm going to go and have a tattoo, or did he even tell us he was having a tattoo? So when the parents hear that from their son or daughter, they sort of think, "Uh uh-oh, what's it going to look like? Anyway, he came back the first time, first time, and uh, on the inside of his forearm was a cross with a crown of thorns. We thought, okay, can't argue with that one. His heart's in the right place, and he wants to just basically show he believes in what Jesus did on the cross. While later, he said, going for another tattoo, uh-oh, what's this one going to look like? Hopefully nothing on his forehead or on his wherever. Left arm, the words of quality. Now, he's born in South Africa, and he figured out as well, that as a young man, that if we don't treat each other equal, we're not doing a very good job of living a life of Christ. So he's got these words of quality tattooed on the inside of his left arm. I just put it out there. We don't ask questions, but this is his heart. He wants to have everybody understand that he's going to treat everybody as though they are all made in the image of God, which they are, and there's no one more equal than another. Equality. Work with that one because anybody who feels that they're not being treated in the same way will come with that realization. Oh, I'm not really looked at in the same light, you know. He's got better friends than me. Going that way, going this way. Don't neglect them. The pillars of the Constitution from South Africa are something that even Nelson Mandela added to. And he said, To be free is not merely to cast off one's chains but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. In other words, don't put burdens on people. Treat everybody equally. And as Nelson Mandela said, respect and enhance the freedom of others. I think that's all that you know, God could ask of us. We're here for a purpose. We're here to make a difference. We're here to offer again ourselves for God's service. Jesus made himself nothing. How do you do that? He basically said, I'm not taking on anything extra and I'm not going to want to have any more than what God my Father is giving me. And so verse 7 here says that he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Jesus was very submissive. He humbled himself and became like a servant. Humility. What is this thing as well? Humility. We sang a song about that from the inside out. Well, humility is one of those attributes as well, one of those attitudes which basically says humility is an inside out virtue produced by comparing ourselves to Jesus rather than others 
and inside out virtue are we comparing ourselves to others and saying oh I'm more humble than you are or do we compare ourselves with Jesus who basically said I'm nothing I'm here as a servant so one of the last things that Jesus did displaying his submission to his father's will is in John 13 John 13 is the story of the last supper and now it tells us here it was just before the Passover feast Jesus now knew that the time had come for him to leave the world and go to his father I want to read to you from the message version as it continues Jesus knew that the father had put him in complete charge of everything that he'd come from God and was on his way back to God and so he got up from the supper table set aside his robe his outer garments and put on an apron why would Jesus do such a thing he then poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples drying them with this apron you know many times when you look for pictures as I did you see Jesus fully clothed kneeling down with a cloth washing feet this one's different spot the difference so what's going on here in his submission Jesus is giving an illustration now a real live version of what it is to be a servant and it's not just to go and wash somebody else's feet the fact that the towel was there or the apron was there and the basin was there indicates that more than likely those who had gone to prepare that place had already done this they had already washed the feet of others Jesus comes along takes off his outer garments that picture shows me that he's not wearing anything on top what does he do now? he puts this apron on not quite the same one that Mac put on when he goes barbecuing this one is just around here you know what the disciples saw when they looked at Jesus a man with not many clothes on wearing this thing around his waist and they would have remembered that when you're crucified that's all they give you to put on to save your modesty so what's the story here it's not about washing feet it's for how submissive will you be will you go all to the cross all the way to the cross basically this is Jesus and I put it politely dead man walking he's showing them by this that I am going to the cross for you you're looking at me for the last time it's not about the feet washing it's going even way further down than that, on that scale of how far are we willing to go for Jesus if he's willing to take off everything and just become a servant with a, an apron around to hide his modesty do you get any better than that attitude not grasping anything at all that cloth that they wore knew that crucifixion was just around the corner and of course the story goes on here that when uh, he comes to Peter he began washing the feet of the disciples drying them he gets to Peter and Peter says Master you going to wash my feet? question mark and Jesus answered you don't understand now what I'm doing but it will be clear enough to you later you see why I'm coming from this point it's not just go around washing people's feet it will become clear to you later one day later maybe the next day or two whenever this was they'll be standing and there's Jesus on a cross and then they'll remember exactly what it is to be a submissive servant Peter of course persisted you're never ever going to wash my feet well those are probably not the right sort of words to tell God when he asks you or tells you what's going on 
don't ever use the words never ever in front of God it's just not part of his vocabulary and this is the second time Peter actually had done that the one time Jesus was telling them I've got to go to Jerusalem and I will be crucified there and Peter says hold on Jesus this is not happening you will never ever be crucified and of course Jesus said you got that one wrong yes never it will happen well Jesus said if you had a bath in the morning you only need your feet washed now you're clean from head to toe my concern you understand is holiness not hygiene my my concern is holiness not hygiene and so you're clean but not every one of you because we understand of course that Judas has now been sent out to be the betrayer but Jesus goes on to say here a servant is not ranked above his master an employee doesn't give orders to the employer if you understand what I'm telling you act like it and live a blessed life well act like it and live a blessed life attitude it's all in the attitude so here we were we've been flying along and every so often we're sort of thinking which way are we tilting here we're coming in for landing and we we have to still remember of course what it was that um, when Jesus said all right do what I do follow me these last few verses here Paul tells us here about Jesus in verse 9 therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name this highest place heaven it's an invitation to live like Jesus to have the attitude of Jesus to believe in Jesus to follow him and do the things that please him and one day I hope to see you there in heaven because that's going to be the end when we all come down to one thing at a time here walking alongside being obedient to life and death let God exalt you at the end of it all let God exalt you to the highest place wherever God wants to put you and then at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord I love this for those who don't believe in God you'll get over it atheism I love this it's a temporary condition one day all those who said there is no God doesn't have any part of my life well there's a few verses here that tell me that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father choose Jesus as your role model learn to live and love as he lived and loved and one day someday God will show you what it's all about to have Jesus Christ as Lord atheism who is it that could possibly say there is no God there are those but it's a temporary condition God will win in the end so with God's word before us what's our attitude like do you want to spend a moment before the Lord in prayer and say Lord show me is there something going on with my wings outstretched am I going slightly in the one way when this happens or slightly the other way when that happens or do I nosedive when these things happen or do I exalt myself sometimes with my nose up sometimes when these things happen it's all in the attitude maybe spend a moment before God in prayer and see if God reveals anything in our hearts let's pray so gracious Lord as your word has told us that our attitudes should be the same as that of Christ Jesus we have to recognize Heavenly Father we don't always get that right but we thank you that you're a loving God and patient with us and by your grace you will enable us to see the light and the truth and if there's areas in our lives Lord that are somewhat out of the right attitudes 
Lord, if our attitude indicator isn't indicating that we are in the right attitude, then thank you that this is the work of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. And may it be, Lord, that we would continue from here on just to look at everybody in the same light. Everybody equal in our in your eyes and in our eyes as well. Everybody able, Lord, to be a part of something bigger, something more grandiose, Lord, because it's all part of you building up your kingdom here on earth. Thank you that we are part of that kingdom. Thank you that we, by our attitudes, will again be able to embrace people and in the same way also attract them as well. And it's not to us, Lord, it's all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.